1995, Andy Hayward brought back an old favourite. We are the Deke Geeks and... Oh, it's just gadgets again. Yes, we are the geek. De- 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 we, we, de- de- we are the geek deeks. <laughs> Welcome, the deek. We're the geek deeks. Ah, good enough. <laughs> we're just having a fucking couple of weeks where we just intentionally mispronounced the name. Apparently, great. Yes, um, we are the deek geeks. Uh, I'm Mark. I'm Avery. And we look at the many, many, many mistakes of deek entertainment. <laughs> over oh, there um, 20 years of tyranny over the children's <laughs> television <laughs> and, um, their industry and this episode we are looking at Gadget Boy and Heather mm. also Gadget Boy uh, Adventures in History I think it's called yes Gadget Boy's Adventures in History. Which was the uh, second season and also a complete retooling of the same show. You say complete retooling. It's the exact same show, but with some facts thrown in it. Uh, so come San Diego part two joke. then. Yeah. Great. Um. So yeah, what do you remember? No. About Gadget Boy and Heather. See previous answer. You really, you, you, this wasn't one you ever saw. <laughs> no. Why would it be? Uh, because it definitely played on British television. Are you sure? Quite often. Did it? It did. Did it? Because I remember it. Okay. I remember thinking it was okay-ish. Great. It was vaguely watchable. I don't recall this at all, possibly because it was released one year before I was born. Um, It would definitely be into reruns of reruns of reruns by the time I saw it. Yeah, but like by the time that I would be of a suitable age Early to watch 2000s. TV, by the time I would have, I, no, I don't remember it at all. Fair enough, fair enough. Like, Cause even they've... then, like that's barely when I started to watch TV and that would have been like the really young preschool type shows more mm. than anything else. This is um, the one of the ones that still gets played st- for stuff, some strange stuff like, reason. Stuff like Brom. Do you remember Brom? Brom was good. I don't remember Brom. Brom's eyes was used to freak me the fuck out, and they still do, to be honest. Brom is a creepy motherfucker, but it's a good show. But this isn't a weird British kids show podcast. <sighs> why isn't why, why isn't it that? Was I, that we could make I didn't, a very good I didn't watch enough that. ITV to know anything about weird British TV. We barely know anything about Deke, and yet we're doing this podcast. Oh, well, that's true. To be honest, I remember most of these shows. <laughs> it's kind of... Ooh. <sighs> um... So yeah, uh, well, I, I've got some history, I guess. Uh, I don't really know much about this one, um, because nobody gives a crap. That's a perfect lead-in. Let's go. Uh, but, in 1993, Variety reported that Deke were working on a project titled Gadget Girl. Early promotional art suggests that the show would have starred a red-headed female gadget-style agent and her robot dog fighting against spider-themed villains. 
despite this being advertised as part of the Bobot Kids Network's Amazing Adventures block, this show never surfaced, and instead we got sort of a reboot of Inspector Gadget. Sort of. In 1995, Deke released Gadget Boy. Billed as an Inspector Gadget spin-off, it stars the eponymous boy, a cyborg child created with the abilities of an adult detective. He is accompanied by a red-headed Interpol agent and a robot dog, somewhat similar to those seen in the early promotional artwork. His antagonist was Spydra, a spider-themed villainess who is accompanied by her bumbling hedgemen Mulch and Hummus, and her pet vulture Boris. In an effort to sell the series to an extra network, the second series was retooled to make it more educational. Whereas the first season had been general super spy antics much in the same vein as the original Inspector Gadget, for the second, a time travel element was added, allowing the writers to pepper in facts and information, much in the same way as it had been done with Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? The Rouge was successful, and the second season was shown in the History Channel alongside its usual syndication. The show lasted for just two seasons. It is currently available on iTunes for $1.99 per episode. So Avery, what did you make of Gadget Boy and Heather? <laughs> so, are you suggesting this is another bad one? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard to really describe this one without comparing it directly to Inspector Gadget. Because so let's not, because it's fucking Inspector Gadget again. <laughs> it's literally just a clone of Gadget. Yeah. It's... it's yeah it's just gadget it's yeah, just yeah, claw it has been replaced with a spider lady and and gadget and penny's ages have been reversed yeah and gadget is simultaneously slightly more competent and slightly less competent oh boy here's the thing gadget boy ah uh, the thing that was good about Inspector Gadget was that he he is a Magoo. He is a Mr. Magoo character. He just wanders into a situation and bumbles into things not understanding them. There is no reason for Gadget Boy to not understand any of the situations. Because Gadget wanders in blindly, but Gadget Boy is directly accompanied at all times, with two assistants. Not two people on the wings trying to steer him in the correct direction, but with two people actively there to stop him getting into too much trouble, who will explain things to him along the way. And so everything becomes a much bigger stretch than it was in Inspector Gadget. In an Inspector Gadget, you could look and say, haha, I can see how this situation could be twisted in a way that makes it seem vaguely possible, plausible that this strange man would be unable to see this. Haha, I vaguely see the attempt at comedy here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whereas it's kind of, well... The thinking here has to take a complete 180 from the position that it's actually started at. It doesn't work because the character to be as active, to be as actively terrible as Gadget Boy is in this show, he would not have to just be ignorant, he would have to actively be malicious. Basically, I'm saying he's a dick. He knows exactly what's going on and he's being a dick. Yeah, I would agree for that, yes. Because it's impossible that he could 
misunderstand things in the same way. There's a lot of things that he does which definitely have intent behind them. Um, (laughs) Just going back a moment, uh, because I feel like it's worth mentioning, because uh, we mentioned the characters and how... Uh, Penny and Gadget are now Gadget Boy and Heather and their roles have been reversed pretty much and stuff like that. Well, no, uh, their probably roles thinking, are exactly like, the, the same. The ages have been reversed. Whatever, Mr. Fucking Pedantic. Right, okay. As, um, you're probably sitting there going, okay, what about Brain? How's Brain doing? Well, Brain is now a robot dog. That squeaks. squeaks. <laughs> it's basically just a uh, cyberpunk version of Sweep from the Sooty Show, if you've ever watched that. So I've been <laughs> using the theme tune from that show for a lot of transitions recently in both of our podcasts it's just worked too perfectly yeah it's got just the right amount of mirth to it but um yeah i don't have much to say here yeah i found it hard to even concentrate on well yes because there is nothing to it the they have no plot to them either no you've got the setup You've got the conclusion, and you just have faffing about for 20 minutes. This show is nothing but faffing about. It completely ignores its own plot for 90% of each episode. It is just, how can we get Gadget Boy into the most convoluted situations so that he can treat them in a manner that doesn't even make sense? And it's just not not. Can we talk about how just ineffective the villain of Spider is as well. She, yeah, okay. She just doesn't do anything. She stands there and shouts a bit. Well, Occasionally she'll what... do something and then Gadget Boy will show up to foil her plans and then that'll be the end of it. Well, that's ultimately what Claw did. But Claw was... Claw had personality. You never saw Claw's face in that he was constantly turned around in his chair and... Like, he had this dark, deep, brooding, menacing voice yes. that made you a little bit afraid of him because it's like, oh, fuck, this guy means business. Yeah, quite we clearly. never saw Claw at all. We saw his hand. We did see we did see Claw eventually, though. Uh, as his an face, action figure. Yeah, his face was eventually revealed and it was a bit goofy. Yeah. That's Probably what happens best. when you let action figure designers come up with a uh, villain yeah. face. Yeah. It should totally... Just create an impossible figurine where no matter how many times you turn it around, you only see the back of his chair with the hand out, betting the cat. <laughs> like a fucking SCP ass minifig. <laughs> Just fucking, I can't fucking turn this around. I'm turning it around. I can't fucking see it. What's going on here? Yeah. And, yes. and even if you like sit it down and you look around it, you still see the back of the chair. <laughs> it's like some, It's like in case of some kind of complex it's mirror situation. Weird optical illusion. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Spider is just some woman in a Spider-Man cost- pink Spider-Man costume. Okay, she's got eight arms. Well, no, six arms. Six arms. Six arms. Six arms, legs. but two eyes. Yeah, Couldn't that made her more spider-like lads. Oh no, no, no! These you have to remember there are spider webs in the eyes. You can't tell what way she's looking at any time. <sighs> Can we talk about her animation for talking, how it basically dislocates her jaw for each movement? Well, her talking is just kind of a mumbling moving of her face. But one of the problems with this show is that the animation is so cheap and so, in many cases, amateurish that it's just actively broken in places. Um, At one point... 
Spider's jaw was shifting to the point that the outlines were no longer meeting up. Someone was just shaking a oh layer. Boy. Of... Oh, are we talking about how bad the animation gets? Yeah, because we've we've got multiple cases of that. Well, you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, like, well, oh, fuck what me. are some of the animation mistakes we spotted? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, uh, constant we've... switches between um, frames per second. Yeah, there's in, that, especially in the early episodes. Um, I noted also um, in one of the fight scenes, one of the few fight scenes that there are. Um, the thing that Gadget Boy was piloting oh, yes, the, the just disappears for like all of 10 frames and then suddenly snaps back into view. Yes. Doesn't even come out from anywhere. Just, beep, there it is. Just appeared. Yeah, it's just like, oh shit, it's not there. Beep, there we go. Um, and then also um, when to like the two of uh, Spider's henchmen were in a car we'll, talking. We'll mention them later yeah, when we go through the But characters. one of them like wasn't even talking, but their mouth was going like da 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 and we're not, we're not talking, and we're not talking moving, we're talking alternating between two opposed frames. Yeah. Uh, just flickering for a kind of quarter of a second. Yeah. And they're very noticeable and... <laughs> okay, look, put oof. it this way, put it this way. I was barely watching this show because I couldn't really con- stay concentrated on it because of just how fucking boring it was. But despite that fact... I somehow, every time I looked, glanced over to it, I noticed one of these animation errors, and it was beautiful. There was a lot of pausing and going back and watching bits yeah. again, simply because of how awful the animation is, and how, I mean, even when it's not awful, it looks cheap. Mm. It's so cheap and nasty. Um, It looks... I don't like to say it looks hand-drawn because of course all of this type of animation is hand-drawn and that's a good thing but it looks like it didn't get past the initial sketch in many cases i mean this is very much a case of a cartoon which shows just how cheap deke's practices are in general and how cheap the animation companies they outsource to are there's, as well. there's no quality control going on here. No. Uh, but as is obvious, seeing as there are massive mistakes making their way to the final version. Pretty much all of the budget for uh, the cartoons at this point, I would say, um, are just going straight to voice actors. Uh, well, you say that, but <laughs> that's shall a good we, point. Shall we run well, through? I mean, uh, shall we run through who starred in this uh, this one? Yeah, go on. Okay, as Gadget Boy. Mm. Uh, it... There were two voice actors for Gadget Boy. I'm not sure when one left and one started, but it had Don Adams, who was the original Inspector Gadget uh, um, voice actor. Uh, Don Adams, of course, of uh, Get Smart fame. Uh, we ran over that in episode one. Um, but later, Maurice and the Marsh. Uh, who is a very talented voice actor um, who's most notable as being in uh, in uh, Animaniacs as the brain. Yeah, and also Pinky and the Brain as the brain. Well, yes, yes. Um, and also uh, in um, uh, Futurama. Ah, yes, he was in Futurama He's as well. He's in Futurama. Yes. And, of course, he is also... Th- Possibly the most famous uh, Orson Welles um, yeah. impressionist, <laughs> to the pretty point, damn good one. <laughs> to the point that he he is his voice is used for Orson Welles in um, Tim Burton's Ed Wood. 
Yeah. Which is a fantastic movie that uh, that you should definitely see. Julie noted. He's just a miniature Inspector Gadget, but more obnoxious. Next character. Uh, Agent Heather. Yes. Uh, Agent Heather is voiced by Tara Charandoff. Uh, who I believe is the original, uh, the the pre-marriage name for Tara Strong, uh, who is a just a really prolific voice actress. Most notable, I guess, for being Twilight Sparkle in. Uh, That's one of her My notable Little roles. Pony, but... That's one of her notable recent roles, but she's definitely had more notable roles before that. Agent Heather is meh. Meh. She's not as likable as Penny. None of the characters are that likable. No, no, I think this is the problem. I mean, with Penny, you at least had... I mean, you Penny... Had, you connected with Penny on the case of, Jesus Christ, Gadget's a fucking idiot, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, Penny is your scrappy underdog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> underdog. <laughs> Brain. Um, whereas Heather is a fucking Interpol agent, and therefore <laughs> is hyper-competent and shouldn't be... Shouldn't just be walking into this shit with this incompetent child. Yeah. Yeah. There is... And, of course, she's the source of 90% of exposition in the show. Someone's got to dish it out. Look at that, Gadget Boy, and... Oh, no, watch out for those henchmen. Oh no, watch out for those henchmen. Those two henchmen, again. <laughs> oh no, it's Spider. <laughs> oh no, here um, comes some people. And then G9. G- G- oh, that's the robot dog. That's the dog. dog. Okay. The dog. dog. That did nothing. Yeah, the dog doesn't even get as much of a character as... The animation was brain. trying to lip sync something with that dog when it was just speaking in squeaks. That was yeah. weird. There was a scene where it focused on that dog and it was just talking in squeaks, but the animators tried to lip sync it to English speech. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, that was weird. That was very strange. Either way, G9 is nothing compared to Brain. You barely see G9 as a character. Brain does stuff. Yeah, Brain is likeable. Brain shows emotions and... (laughs) He's a good puppy. Mostly concern and um, mild annoyance. Yeah. Brain is... Brain brings something to Inspector Gadget and G9 brings nothing. You could have had the entire thing without G9. And would you have noticed? Probably not. No. G9 feels like they're there simply because the original Gadget had a dog. Possibly you could sell an action figure. Well, um, you mentioned the uh, the original promo uh, art yes. showing Gadget Girl, and that does actually show G9 on the poster. Yeah, so it could merely be a legacy thing. Mm. But even then, what would have G9 have done if it was just Gadget Girl? Well, I suppose Gadget Girl wouldn't have been as competent as Heather. Touché. Or possibly they could have just been a crime-fighting duo and gotten rid of the I mean, that Mr. Magoo-style walk-into-danger concept. Certainly would have been a bit more cool. I mean, develop, just diverge from your original concept. It doesn't have to be more dynamot. <sighs> so yeah, the villains. 
Spider, voiced by Louise Valance, uh, mm-hmm. who is a voice in a hell of a lot of Deke things. Yeah. And also a musician. Mm. A Canadian musician. Right. Uh, although the most notable thing I could find with her music-wise was that she was the uh, voice of... Um, the singing voice of Sonia in Sonic Underground. Mm. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that one's going to be a we've fun We've still got episode. another Sonic uh, series before Yeah, we're still going to get but, through uh, Sat AM first. Yeah. Uh, which also is going to be a very fun one as well. I mean, we've, we've already talked about the fact that Spider isn't that good a villain. No, Spider just kind of sits there and screams. I mean, what, the biggest problem is that they... She has no personality. She does. Her personality is generic villain occasionally says feminine things. Yeah. And yeah, yeah basically it's like someone, okay, it's she's a villainess. You can, Therefore you can she's tell. obsessed with beauty. Yeah, you can clearly tell that a man wrote her. Yeah. It's quite painfully. Yeah. Yeah. So she's accompanied by a vulture called Boris. Yeah. I like Boris. I don't. <laughs> Boris's only pur- purpose seems to be to have a fake Russian accent and to crack mean jokes towards Spider saying how ugly she is, even though she doesn't really... Okay, hold on. Can I just talk about... This seems to be some kind of surrounding joke with Spider that she's, like... Like ugly or whatever. Yeah, I was. I there mean, was that was the bizarre... first episode. I couldn't get that. Like, yeah, it starts from the first episode with Boris making cracks about her not being like pretty or whatever, even though she wears a fully head-fitting mask. Yeah, we never see her face. Assuming that that is no, no, because did she remove her mask for those mummies? It's implied. It's implied that she removed the mask for the mummies in the second episode. Okay, we need oh to just God, kind of provide like the, some Does context. she look like the Dr. Claw action figure under there? Is that what the writers are thinking? I don't know. What did the Dr. Claw action figure look like? Uh, Popeyed and... Ah. Hmm. Hideous. Right. So, disfigured is what yes. you're saying. Not really sure I'd associate the word hideous with that, but okay. Uh, I um, would say hideous because it was a plastic piece of monstrosity. Well, so. Yes, okay, in that regards, sure. Um, okay, 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 I get that you don't like Boris. Johnson. Well, him either. I get that you don't like Boris, but you have to admit he is the most likeable character regardless. Is he? Well, who's more likeable? None of them. Exactly. None of them are likeable, including Boris. Yeah, fair enough. He gets some jokes that vaguely land occasionally. No, he doesn't. Uh, I can't think of any because... Exactly, (laughs) because they didn't fucking land. You're lying to yourself. Don't do that. That's bad for you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, that bit where he turned himself to... Where he got turned into stone and then started gluing himself together. That was okay. That was visually interesting. Yeah, but it's 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 no um, it's a, no where's Wally Oddlaw saying at least the car didn't fall on me and then the car falls on him. It's it's none of that business. It's no well, it's, that's no, it's true. no premier it's, where's yeah, Wally goofiness, yeah. is it? It's 
It's yeah. playing up on that, but it's completely failing to do it because it doesn't yes. have the same kind of execution as that. Oddlaw was a far, far better villain character. Oddlaw's a fantastic <laughs> villain. Oh, no. I'll <laughs> <laughs> get that cane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Boris is, of course, voiced by Maurice LaMarche, as are Mulch and Hummus. See, that's a good joke, just because of those ridiculous names. Those are good... Granted, names that don't make any fucking sense in context, Mulch but good names Hummus. regardless. Uh, they're just barely hench dudes. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're the henchmen I would, we mentioned before. I would say that they are henchmen in the Batman 66 tradition. Uh, in that they're uh, throwaway. In that oh. they well, it, in that they are just two nondescript, barely yes, guys that follow, that follow the main villain around. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, the if it was six, just say henchmen on it. Yeah, the, yeah. If it was the sixties Batman, they would have labels on their shirts. That's the only difference. Um, they're omnipresent. <laughs> Yeah, they seem to be just everywhere. They just everywhere. turn up constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's... I d- have they ever been in scene? Oh yes, they have been in- seen in the same scene with uh, Spider before. I just I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, I thought they weren't for a second, but no, memory no, saved me no, wrong. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, no. Um, sorry, I was like, I'm just thinking about how I got bored halfway through and. Um, thought about when we finished the first episode one of the idents at the end of the episode is from a animation studio called France Animation yeah uh, which since became Moonscoop Entertainment or something to that line um who worked on Code Lyoko interestingly enough um but their ident is this very bizarre kind of static image of their logo and this very kind of ominous synth yeah line. this weirdly intense synth yeah well nothing happens on screen it's a bit <laughs> bizarre um which got me thinking about, like, scary animation idents, and I thought about the uh, Klasky Supo uh, ident, which is commonly called the robot ident. Um, although, since now, I have looped up that ident and found out that it's now its own character called Splat, with two A's, because it's a ink splat. Um, and it has arms and legs now, and a proper voice, and its own web series and Facebook page. And wow, Klasky Super are really trying to make it a thing, um, even though it yeah. is the most horrifying thing and just the most just annoying character. Yeah, it's a tedious web video. Yeah, I watched Still the couple. Still more of, entertaining than Gadget Boy and Heather. Yeah, sort of. It's on the same level, I would say. Um, but I mean, it was produced in 2016, but it feels like a 2005 thing. Seriously, it's that bad. Um, I admit, I admire the dedication at least. So shout outs to Klasky there. Couple more characters. Oh fuck! Really? Really? Can we not just skip to the ranking? In fact, what characters? Okay, my Maurice Lamarche and Maurice Lamarche. Yeah, oh. there we go. Done. Uh, ranking. No, no. Dabble and the Spritz. Chief Stromboli. They're just European stereotype yeah. characters. Yeah. Uh, it's Maurice 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 Maurice, Maurice Lamarche Mar- doing faux accents. Yeah, German and Italian. There Swiss, you go. actually. Okay, fine, whatever. Ranking, where go? Okay. Worse than Super Duper Sumos? Yes or no? No. Worse than Heathcliff? Yes or no? Ooh. Uh, I mean, I take it we're agreed that it's worse than Super. Du- uh, no, no, no. Not worse than Super Show. Uh, Super Show was definitely worse. Um, is it, okay. 
Heathcliff. Right. Super show. The problem, our problem with Heathcliff was that the world had no rules. We couldn't figure out anything that was going on, and also just the entire animation was awful, and the jokes were bad, and just nothing about it was really likable in any aspect. A lot of that sounds very familiar with this show. Yes, but, but the world. Sort it was a of lot more. Sense. It was a lot more fun to make jokes about shit that was happening in Heathcliff, whereas there was nothing to work with here. This yeah. one is just Heathcliff, boring. for all its problems, has some vaguely likable characters. Yes. Um, I think it's worse than Carmen Sandiego. As boring as I found that show. Oh yeah, definitely worse than Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, so... Worse or better than Heathcliff? I think I'm going to have to say worse on this one. Yeah. It's not as bad as Super Show, but it's not as good as Heathcliff. I mean, Heathcliff had cheap animation. This just has outright broken animation. Yeah, I mean, it's an impressive job to somehow be worse than Heathcliff. But this one has done it. It's inconsistent. Oh, yeah, there's like no continuity things happening in this show, is there? The writing is. Gadget Boy has several million continuity errors. It's amazing. Um, the jokes fall flat constantly, every single one. It's astonishingly bad. So that's that decided. And then they went edutainment. Yeah, Gadget Boy and Heather slash Gadget Boy Adventures in History slots in at number 10, just underneath Heathcliff and just above Super Mario Super Show. So, I think that's about it. Um, You can find us, as usual, at our website at mostlycobolds.com. That's mostlycobolds.com. And at our Twitter account, which is at mostlycobolds. Yeah, I think we're all sorted. If you could join us all next week, that'd be magic. Find the key, you will find your way.